In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I am delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 61st episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show is about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. And be sure to download the app or you can tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed last week's show, I interviewed business and leadership expert, speaker and author, Shirley Dalton. We discussed how our personality affects how well we lead. So be sure to check out that episode. That's from Mm -hmm. October 22nd, I believe. Mm -hmm. And today... You just heard that little little, uh uh-huh in the background. That is my guest, Talitha V, my social media gal. Welcome, T. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you today? Good, thank you. Ready for the show. Okay, good. So, um, T, you have been, this is, uh, you've been unofficially a coachee for the four years we've been working together. Yep, that's right. I'm still learning. (laughs) (laughs) And listeners, I have to say over the years, T and I have become friends. We visit each other in our respective homes in between France and Switzerland. We have. uh, Back in June, I got to um, have some fun in the the ocean, literally surviving the ocean in Capriton. It is (laughs) well known for its surfing. And now I understand why, because that, that ocean gives people a run for their money. It does, doesn't it? We're enjoying small waves at the moment, so it's more fun. Yeah. So I've been practicing partners since we started working together, Amy, thanks to you. Something I didn't know about prior to that. And I have to admit, it takes practice on a daily basis to master our emotions. Something I struggle with with my ever-growing teenager. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to say out of the home, it's becoming kind of second nature. Okay, so that's important. So mm. it's re- really what you're saying is in the high stress moments is when you're still needing to mechanically put the skills into practice. Yes. Yeah. High stress, high stress with my child at home. Yeah. Right. And mm. it's not always high stress. It's just certain times. No, it's just zero to 100 at certain points. <laughs> <laughs> not every day, thank goodness. <laughs> yes. And so because of all of the work that T has been doing with her partner, Behaviors and Part Attitude, listeners, we decided that we would turn my solo shows into a duo show. And yeah. so that's what you get. You're going to get that today. T and I are both going to be sharing different success stories, maybe a few challenging stories and uh, some other surprises in between. Yes, exactly. So how about we start with a quick overview of the model? Yes, good idea. All right, so listeners, this model comes from my sister, Pat Kirkland. She's also a communication coach and trainer and leadership expert. And she developed this model of predator-prey partner. Communication model that helps us 
to see how we may be unknowingly sabotaging ourselves either by damaging relationships or damaging results and our credibility. Mm. Now, as the predator, if I'm holding too much respect for myself, not enough for others, maybe T and I are having a disagreement. I say, but T, T, no, T, T, just wait. T, would you let me finish? And then I get all sorts of attitude and sarcasm and T's like, man, she's going to bring me Swiss chocolate. I'm going (laughs) to. And I damage the relationship by coming across as too aggressive. And T, I don't know if you know, you're, you see this, I'm shocked at how often people who act as predators don't realize that they're showing up as a predator. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It's kind of like a self-defense kicks in, isn't it? We want to defend ourselves and, and so we can go predator. And, well, yeah, yeah no, we, well, we not, can defend ourselves idea. as a prey or predator. It's just that consciously mm. these people think they're just being reasonable. Yeah. You know, yeah. speaking for yeah, myself here. There we go. It's their right to say what they feel. And that's kind of how we're educated, I think, to stand mm-hmm. up for ourselves. Some people. And then a lot of other people flip on the other side, which is the prey, and they're not holding enough respect. So if you and I are in that disagreement, I might say, T, I know, I know, but could I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, T. It's just that I, 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 I and I move into this begging energy. Mm. And listeners, the reason that's dangerous is because even someone like T could become a predator towards me if I'm not holding enough respect for myself. Mm-hmm. And respect is the key word. So what does partner look like? I'm holding high respect for myself, high respect for the other simultaneously, regardless of the positional power. And we're doing this through body language, voice, words, and mindset. So that's the high level description. There's loads more information on my website that you could find out about that if you want. Brilliant. Thank you, Amy. So why don't you kick us off with your recent success story, the one you were talking about the other day when you were in the parking, remember? You called it your peace over parking story. (laughs) Yes. And that's P-E-A-C-E. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks back when the weather was still really nice, it was a Sunday afternoon and I was driving home, except I knew that it would, there was a really beautiful place to go swimming. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go park my car and swim in this lake, this area by the lake. Well, apparently myself and everyone's uncle had the same idea (laughs) because Sunday afternoon at four o'clock, the parking lot was packed and it was just, you know, fine, trying to find that one open spot. I went around and around and around. Finally, I got smart and I saw some people walking in I stopped them. I said, are you leaving? They said, yes. We're the blue car up in the corner. I said, great. So I drove up to the corner to wait for them to leave. And unfortunately, there was another car already sitting there. And my first thought was, oh, um, well, you know, I, this spot should be mine because I asked these people. Except I didn't have this sort of um, like attitude of, of, arrogance about it. I was just like, oh, well, they just don't know. I was sort of like naive, like, oh, these other people waiting for a spot don't realize that I've been doing a tour four times. This is something that happens to all of us, isn't it? Right, right. (laughs) And usually I get really possessive Mm -hmm. and demanding and, you know, I'm going to fight to the end. Territorial. Territorial. (laughs) Suddenly I deserve that spot. It's mine. Yeah. Except 
because I've upgraded my skills, I was going to do it. I was still going for that spot, except I was going to do it as a partner. And mm-hmm. so for a minute, I thought, oh, what if I get out of my car and go talk to that guy? Because we we're both sitting there waiting for the guy to leave. And I you know, calmly, respectfully explained to him what the situation is. And then so you said, Amy, did you say you did that? You got out of the car to go and explain. I was going no. to. Because okay. that would be something I would do in the past, except, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going to be aggressive. I was going to be a respectful partner. And right. then I thought a little bit more about it. And I said, you know, this guy has no idea that I've been driving around the parking lot for four mm-hmm. times. He doesn't have a reason to believe me or trust me. I know that I'm capable of muscling my way in and pushing for what I want. And and why? Why should I do that? That's that's stressful to me. It's going to be stressful for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And that's that was my breakthrough moment because I went, oh, he has no idea I've been circling around. Uh, and I don't want to waste any energy trying to convince him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, and I was able to very shockingly, very easily put my ego to the side and say, yeah, I'm going to walk away or rather drive away drive. from this parking spot. And that's exactly what I did. Well done. I know. And, and the piece over parking is that I had, I kept my inner peace. I didn't even get agitated for even a second. Because mm-hmm, that could have ruined your whole Sunday. Yeah. Just fighting for that spot. Yeah. Mm. And then what was funny was I drove up the hill to look for more parking, didn't find anything. And as I was coming down, I passed the guy in the blue car whose parking spot I was going to take. He rolls down the window and he says kind of aggressively, you should have fought for that spot. It was yours. (laughs) Crazy. And, you know, there's different ways you can interpret that. Mm. One possibility is that he saw me as being a prey because I backed off so quickly Mm -hmm. without giving a fight. And so he might have, you know, that might have triggered him to be a little bit aggressive with me. Yeah. Yeah. Or my sister pointed out that maybe he was feeling like in defense for me. Yeah. Protecting me. Yeah. Mm. Like he felt like he might have felt like um, it was unfair that that other person would get the spot. Yeah. And so, you know, you can interpret that either way. And what I said to him simply was, oh, you know, it's Sunday. He didn't know I was waiting for a spot, you know, for so long. I, I didn't want to get stressed out about it. Fantastic. Yeah. So there we go. That's my piece of parking. Over parking. Mm, I have to remember that next time. Mm-hmm. And T, I want to connect this though to a, a book I read just mm-hmm. recently. Okay. For listeners, the title of the book is called The Untethered Soul. The author is Michael Singer. Mm-hmm. And T, this is a pretty spiritual book. I can totally recommend it to you and to listeners. Mm-hmm. And I think that as I was, had been listening to the beginning of that book, just before this peace over parking experience happened, I wonder if some of that was already full. Ah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And it's this, his approach in the book, it's a hyper simple way to gain inner peace, happiness, and joy. Sounds wonderful. Well, let me explain, because I think I can break it down into probably like three manageable steps for listeners. Go ahead. Love to hear. So the author singer talks about first notice the voice in your head. Mm -hmm. And I think he might use the term that constant monologue that's always on. And because it's always on, most of us are not even conscious of it Mm -hmm. and it can get us in trouble. Yes, indeed. Like the inner critic and the, the chat that we hear constantly. Yeah. Um, what else? How else can it get us into trouble? 
Well, it, it I, I, it's like I see it as it's like the cheerleader from hell. That <laughs> voice inside her head that's constantly assessing, judging, noticing, mm. commenting on what we say, what we do, what's happening yeah. around us. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you want to get a hold of is realize there is the cheerleader from hell. You know, that okay. voice is there. Okay. And, and start to notice the comments. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once we're aware of those comments, what do we do after that? Then you want to shift into the observer role. Mm. And one of the ways I was able to do, to do that is you take some distance to notice the voice, notice the monologue. And, and one, another way to do that is to help you become your, the observer of the voice, the observer of your emotions. Okay. And what that does is it starts to create a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. And that space eventually helps those emotions because you're having reactions to those thoughts, those stories you're making up to pass through us in order to find some calm. So I guess I think of the analogy. It's like, instead of being the football player on the pitch, mm-hmm. instead, that's the voice, that's the yeah. monologue. You become yeah. the spectator in the stands, okay. watching the game be played out. Wow. That's pretty powerful. And not easy, right? It can be, I don't think it's easy to do that. It's going well, to take some practice. Up to, up to this point, it's, it's not as hard as you think. It's almost okay. like, oh, because for some people, you'll be a little bit surprised. Oh, my God, that was a voice. That's what she's talking about. That's it. That's it. She's <laughs> saying that. And, and then that, then you're able to create the distance. So it's mm. really um, not as challenging as it might sound. It sounds maybe a little bit nebulous, a little bit vague. Mm. And just by putting focus on our brain, on our thoughts, mm-hmm. We can, it starts to become visible in a in a or auditory in a way. Yeah, got it. So once we've moved into this observer role, then what? Then what he talks about is you want to let the emotional feeling or reaction pass through you mm-hmm. the best you can. This part can be challenging, um, and you want to do it without getting attached to it or acting on it. Okay, so, so those are three points that you've mentioned there, right? If I can go back. So we notice the voice. Number one, we notice the voice in our head. That's step yeah. one. Step two, we're the observer of that voice. Mm-hmm. And then step three, we release the emotions that are attached to it. Yeah. Okay. And for me, it's that the step three is a more challenging one. So I would encourage listeners to read the book. I love audiobooks, So I got the audiobook version and I actually listened to it twice already. <laughs> I wish I'd have had it this week, Amy. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) This week's full moon has played havoc with my daughter and I. So I could have done with those three steps and, you know, listening to the voice. Uh, Yeah, we had a couple of screaming matches and I did have to try and stay in partner. I didn't manage Mm. and I was not able to find the calm. So can you give me some advice? Because I feel like sometimes I go from, as I was saying, mainly at home, zero to red, like a bull that sees a red flag. Okay. And then you kind of in the emotion, which is like, instead of releasing the emotion, I'm already in the emotion. Right. In the thought. So what, what do I do then? Um, well, I guess here's the bad news. Tell me. What you just described feels like, seems like too little too late, you know, because it's already happened. You've already mm-hmm. gone from zero right. to 100. Yeah. And so in those extreme moments, you might not always be able to control 
your reactions, mm-hmm. if, you know, if it's, they've already happened. Though, I, let me ask you a question, T. Yeah. Do those moments from zero to red, do they happen less often than they used to happen? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Since I've been practicing partner, yeah, yes. 100%. A lot less often. So it's, you know, I guess you say it's a slow process and you have to create the, the neurons in the brain and the new pathways. So I'm feeling the effect of that. It's just occasionally I get massive trigger. And then oh, I'm upset with myself afterwards that I didn't move into partner quick, more quickly. So let's pause for a moment and let's mm-hmm. first celebrate how much progress <laughs> yes. you've made. Yes, that's huge progress. Huge. That is that. Plus, if I know, if I recall correctly, your daughter's moving into, as you called her, a teenager. So yeah. she's moving into maybe one of the most challenging periods in a parent child right. cycle. Yeah. It's testing. Mm-hmm. And so, thank goodness you've been doing all the work you've been doing up till now. Yes. Right. <laughs> so the fact that you still have those moments might be understandable. And yet, mm. let's still see if we can um, give you some more tools for managing that moment. I'd love that. One thing, though, T, um, the next time it happens, because there will be a next time, mm-hmm. see if you can be gentle with yourself when you're rather than I, I don't know if you beat yourself up, you, you, you know, criticize yeah. yourself. Do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe in that moment, instead of analyzing what you did wrong or why it was bad, maybe first take a moment to just give yourself some empathy, mm. how challenging it is to be a parent, how you mm-hmm. want to, you know, your intention is to be a wonderful, loving parent at all times. And mm. it's not always feasible. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's just right. like right in the moment. Um, and I, here's some other thoughts for me is, um, here's a question. Yeah. When have you been able to break the cycle? So to not go from zero to red flag. Yes. I think when I've been able to predict or feel it coming on. So I can see that my child is agitated and I think, oh, oh I've got to steer this one and be focused on what's happening. Okay. And also probably when something that comes to mind is when you say, are you fed, watered, not tired, right. had a break and all of this. So after a day's work at home and then obviously teenager comes home and uh, the stress can be, it's that I haven't had a break, I'm, I'm not fed, I'm not watered. It's kind of just before dinner time. And so all yeah. of that definitely counts. So if I can, if I can kind of predict where, what's going to happen, yeah, can 100% steer Excellent. it out of that. It makes yeah. me think of the analogy when we're driving along the road and all of a sudden um, there's a, a big rainstorm mm. and we can hardly see in front of us. We mm-hmm. suddenly become hyper alert. Yeah. So and we slow down. We slow down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe you don't take snacks in that moment, though you're, mm-hmm. you're hyper focused. Right. A- yeah. And you're ready to respond. So mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like. You're, you're noticing the signals and the signs that can yeah. be problematic and you're able to be focused and in those moments slowing down mm-hmm. and then you're able to avoid an accident. Swerve. Yeah. Yeah. You're so you can swerve <laughs> away from the accident. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about breathing? Is that something that is useful? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been practicing my breath work. So that really helps as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been doing some breath work for a couple of years. And I also wondered, did that also help me, you know, the piece over parking moment? Perhaps? Yeah. Just getting that oxygen into your lungs and taking it all in. And, and, and then the natural pause happens. Yeah. Terry Cole, who wrote the book Boundary Boss, mm. who I think you and I are going to be doing an episode on that one. Yeah. Um, she said that by doing her meditation daily, she has added approximately three seconds to her reaction time. Oh, fantastic. And you might think three seconds. No, three seconds is it's huge. Huge. Yeah. If, you know, between mm-hmm. destroying a friendship or killing yeah. your child or. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's um, so that breath work meditation. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I know you, T, you know me, and one of the things we have a lot of fun with is laughing and joking. And mm. I'm curious to know, do you ever find yourself using humor when you're in those stuff, those tough, stressful moments? It's funny you should say that because that has happened in the past. If I turn the whole thing into a joke, for sure, my daughter cracks up laughing and then we laugh at each other and she refuses a couple of times. No, you're being silly or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it all the whole thing kind of crumbles. So that mm-hmm. definitely works. Mm-hmm. I remember definitely, one time um, I was babysitting for a friend's child and he was having a tantrum and I was like, oh, so <laughs> he was little enough. That I, tur- I turned him upside down. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I just carried him around the house and then I go around the bed and I was shaking him on the bed with, you know, holding his feet and he okay. was holding out. He was trying he was- so hard to have that tantrum. And finally, he just couldn't. He just got started giggling. And it, it, it took a while. Well, unfortunately, my daughter's as big as me now. So there's, there's no way okay, I can right. tip her upside down. <laughs> yeah, but just kind of turning the whole thing into a bit of a joke and almost have the joke on me, you know, just to let right. her know, this is silly. Let's stop. Maybe talk about something funny that happened earlier, you right. know, an anecdote or a story or something. That's great advice. Once again, I'm going to try if the next full moon comes around and we go from zero to red, I'm really going to try. Awesome. And keep mm. in mind, it makes me think of the chicken dance that I talk yes, about in, the in your tango. book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So can you, you tell read, us about that very quickly? Mm, sure. So listeners, this is a technique that I found out through uh, someone years ago. And the idea is in a moment of high stress, you just do something really wacky, really <laughs> <laughs> just weird just um, off the cuff off the cuff and it's called the chicken dance but it was one time a woman's stepdaughter was visiting and it was becoming a very very long stressful visit and the teenage daughter uh i guess she decided to criticize the stepmother's cooking Ooh, not a good idea yeah and don't go there. yeah the stepmother lost it and at the dinner table um instead of yelling and and going seeing the red flag she stood up and she announced in this maitre d-like voice or no master of ceremonies like voice it's now time for the chicken dance <laughs> and she did this crazy version of whatever she thought was a chicken dance they all started cracking up wow she sat down she said would you pass the potatoes just like nothing had happened and it was yeah it was over in that moment okay i'll try that yeah so your version of the chicken dance <laughs> yeah whatever that could be yeah and then just um, the other thing you can do, T, is look back to moments when you saw red and mm. fantasize about what could have been a good partner reaction in that moment. 
So mm-hmm. even though you can't fix that moment in the past, you're mm-hmm. creating new pathways in your brain. So that is going to increase the possibility of you being able to um, access those strategies in the moment of stress. Okay. So I have to rethink the whole situation and then walk myself through it as if I did it differently. Is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'll give it a go. As I said, out of the home, I'm like, I'm top student. I think if you were were following me around with a camera, you could give me a gold star because there's lots of situations where you could see red out in public or in a shop or something goes wrong when you're driving or... Uh, you know, I work from home now, so I'm not in that colleague's environment. Um, yeah, I just say that for me, the partner powers have definitely kicked in. You just made me, you made me think of another idea that can help okay. you in the, ho- in the house. Tell me. This comes from Kristen Pressner, who mm-hmm. talks about the concept of flip it to test it. Oh, right. right. So the idea is, so what you could do is mm. in the moment when you're about to see red, the red flag. Yeah. Sw- f- flip it around and imagine if my daughter was the shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. If my daughter was um, a client that I was yep. speaking to. Mm-hmm. And I amazingly, we seem to be able to behave ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that that would be um, a, an effective tool. Tool. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Okay, listen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, um, we're going to be talking more about this. I think we've got some some coachy questions and maybe some, um, we'll play some um, interviews. Testimonial, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, listeners, If you want to know more about the work I do, if you want to really take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, feel free to join me for my online leadership presence course. Um, People have just found it incredibly useful and being able to apply it in all areas of their lives. You'll find out more details on my website, carolcoaching.com, and that's two R's and two L's. When we come back from break, we're going to continue this conversation with Talitha. So stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you have colleagues, family members or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. I'm here with my social media woman, Talitha V. Yes, I'm a woman. You hesitated there. I know, right? (laughs) Well, last night I was at a a theater event. I was talking about the woman on stage who was presenting, and my much younger millennial friend said, uh, well, it would be a female spokesperson, Amy. Oh, okay. Okay. It's good to know. Get it right. (laughs) I know. I loved that she was, and she was so partner about it with me. And then Mm -hmm. then instead of referring to the woman as she, it would be they. So the female Mm -hmm. spokeswoman. No, the female spokesperson, uh, awesome. they had an amazing presentation style. That's what my final sentence was. Well, okay, you can just call me a social media gal. It's a lot easier. <laughs> okay, so T, let's jump into some questions from past coachees. Absolutely. We've got some juicy ones this week that I think the listeners will enjoy. So we're going to start with Agnes. And you asked, Agnes, what are the things that enable you to build resilience in order to manage conflict successfully? And Agnes answered, a network of supportive people around me. So that was something I'd love us to jump into today. Yeah. And it makes me think of an interview I did recently with Lily Newman. Lily spoke about having uh, cheerleaders in your entourage. She did indeed. I remember. Then she talked about, I don't know if you remember this part, she said, avoiding the mood hoovers. Yes, I do. Explain, what is a mood hoover? A mood hoover, according to Lily, are those people just like suck the air out of your life (laughs) and just, you know, suck all the energy out. We all know one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I have given myself permission to avoid them at all costs. (laughs) Good advice to yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to listen to that show, it's number 57. It was broadcast on October the 1st. Excellent. Yeah. And you want to have people you can invite to what I call your pity parties. Mm -hmm. And these are moments where you just get to complain or moan or be sad or feel sorry. We do this. We do this sometimes, don't we, Amy? Yeah. Yeah. We stop to the work and we let our emotions go and, and explain what's been happening in the week. If we need a bit of advice, just sound off really. Is that what and, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like when things are really even worse, it's just you're miserable. So it's, it's not necessarily about the people you invite um, necessarily getting you out of that bad mood. If that's not what you want, you know, you get mm-hmm. to call the shots in, for okay. your pity parties <laughs> and um, maybe you express frustration and the cool thing is, is when you get the support you need, you're able to recalibrate your peace, you know, that, to find that peace and calm again mm. and build the resilience. And for awesome. me, one of the things that really helps me a lot of times, not always though, is to find the fun and the lightness as soon as I can. Mm. And those, some of those cheerleaders can help. 
Yeah. In fact, any examples? Yes, I do. Uh, This happened just recently. I was meeting my improv buddies in Lausanne to Mm -hmm. rehearse. They had sent me a Google link and I got to Lausanne in time and I was walking and walking and walking for 20 or more minutes and ended up in the opposite part of the city. Oh, no. Maps. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I still do not know. And I wanted to blame it on my friend who sent me the link. And I called and I was angry and I was frustrated. And I was impatient. And one of my friends who answered the phone was um, that he playfully laughed. And he said, Amy, your phone is out to get you. So, <laughs> you know, my, especially with my improv friends, uh, they'll immediately go to play and teasing and, and good humor. Yeah. So I was still pissed off. <laughs> and so imagine. Was, right. And mm. I was walking back to the correct de- destination. And when I arrived there, one of them immediately gave me empathy. Oh, and in fact, what was interesting is um, one of them went to tease me. Oh, and I, I knew that I was still pissed off. So I said, oh, I'm not ready for that yet. And she said, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. Thank you for telling me. And then she went to empathy. Oh, brilliant. Well, it was great that I knew, no, I couldn't go to play and, and, and silliness yet, mm-hmm. um, that I was willing to communicate that, that she was able to respond to it, didn't take it personally, didn't be, was yeah. annoyed. She's like, oh, you need something different? I can give you that. So you guys know each other really well. Um, we do. And these are people who are self-aware and sensitive mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. care about each other. Yeah. And yeah, that really helped. You know, these, so these, are, people, are, your, these are your cheerleaders. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. also doing their own um, self-development and healing, which is right. makes it easier for them to respond in the moment. Beautiful. Yeah, and so which was cool was as soon as I felt, uh, you know, she was able to give me that empathy, I felt seen, I felt heard, and it, mm-hmm. my frustration just melted away, and that made it much easier to go to the laughter and play and this conspiracy theory that my phone was, in fact, <laughs> out to get me. Yes, oh, that's awesome. Good. Okay, so I'm going to get back to the questions, Amy. We've got a question from Heather or a statement from Heather. When you asked which things enabled her to build resilience in order to manage her conflict successfully, Heather said she employs the following, something we've talked about before, Aikido training, communication, self-defense. Quote, be like water. The be like water approach, deflect and ensure the discussion continues to flow. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I love this. And, you know, Heather goes on to define verbal Aikido. She says it's defined as using one's words to prevent, to de-escalate, or to end an attempted assault, verbal or physical. Mm. It's a style of conflict management and transformation that involves treating the attacker as a partner rather than an adversary. Okay. And that's what I love about partner is that's mm-hmm. exactly what it does. It, yeah. It, it, it makes it harder for the other person to remain agitated. Right. You and shift I, your mindset. Rather than thinking that they're attacking you, they become an adversary. She said that, right? You might still think they're attacking you, though you don't show it externally. Oh, she said they become a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here are some examples of active ways to show up as partner and apply verbal Aikido. Mm-hmm. And this is ver- verbal and non-verbal verbal for listeners. You want to stay externally, stay as relaxed as possible, aware and still focused. Yeah. 
in heated conversations. This is going to sound remind listeners of the conversation we were having earlier. In heated conversations, take a few breaths. Speak slowly because it's going to calm you down and you're going to be transmitting calmer energy. Mm. Do your best to not take it personally, whatever they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then one way to help do that is to imagine possible underlying frustrations the other person's having that has nothing to do with you. Is that like making up the story? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then other concrete things is you want to keep the conversation flowing. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't want it to be like pushing against each other. And the way to do that is one, avoid interrupting. Yeah. If you're going to contradict, do so without the word, but speak four times slower. And if they interrupt you, let them. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, I would say be aware of uh, avoid those knee jerk responses, those sarcastic, n- snarky comments. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so we can be tempted. Yeah, and <laughs> I guess the snarky. mantra for me around a, a keto is render your partner unharmed. Mm, How do you get to, to the other side? How do you get yep. what you want without harming the other person or the relationship? Yeah, that's important. Okay, great. How about we play one of the interviews you did with a former coaching? Okay. Because that makes me think of a successful story that Adriana presented to you. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Um, mm. This is where she, I, this is the, because there's, she did a couple of interviews with me. Mm-hmm. This is where she talks about how she handled conflict with her husband very differently than she had in the past. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's listen. This one came unexpectedly, I need to say. Mm-hmm. So it happened a few days after one of our last webinars where one of the participants was coach on nonviolent communication. Okay, so you're talking about the webinars that I offer every quarter that are complimentary. It's a one-hour session, and I remember that, you also was talking about That's some- correct, yeah. And this, this is one of my exercises I'm, I implemented as much as I can. I'm going to attend those because that really reminds me about all those techniques that maybe they got just forgotten somewhere on the way. Super. So a um, few days after that webinar, I, yeah, I was confronted with my husband uh, unexpectedly. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a difficult conversation that I was not prepared for. You said he confronted you unexpectedly. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So there were a few things I did consciously when we were discussing. First, I noticed that he closed his arms when we started to talk. Okay, like in a defensive, resistant kind Defensive of- position, exactly. And immediately, my brain said, just step away, give some space here. Brilliant. And I put myself in a neutral position. You relaxed your arms to your sides. Yes. I, looking back, I would probably pose, I will imitate his pose. Or at, or put my my arms on my on my hips, and this time Absolutely. I said just yes, stay neutral. Oh, good catch! So you really noticed how you yes. this is very different than you would have in the past. Yes, yes, I noticed the difference, and and really got that message in my brain like just stay neutral. And uh, second thing that uh, I implemented. 
during that conversation was starting my feedback by I see, I noticed, I feel, and repeated few times my feedback, just yeah, differently, uh, with different wording, being really persistent about this is what I notice and that really bothers me and and I wanted that he understands that. So let me just check. So in a way you were using what you were hearing about nonviolent communication as a way to use active listening, summarizing, reflecting what he was expressing as his frustration or being what he was upset about. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Wow. Yes. So normally what was what happened before, um, he used to take lots of time to go back to me and speak. So we'll be again in some neutral relationship. So when you say lots of time, what, how much time are you talking? Around three days. That's, I, that's what I noticed. It takes me around three days to do just... weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. It's, it's really long. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yes, and this time, it, the, the, the change, the, the, the acceptance happened over the night. Really, next day, he came to me and he said, you were right. Uh, <laughs> Music uh, to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and what was a, a big surprise, it's not only agreeing right by words. He actually started implementing the suggestions I gave him the night before, a day after. Amazing. Adriana, you must have been delighted. I was shocked. <laughs> so, so shocked that I needed to analyze all that conversation. Like, what happened? Right. And, and thank you. You just highlighted something really powerful. Whenever we have successes, it's very valuable to go back and, like you said, analyze what were all the things that I did effectively and the things I avoided doing that would have been ineffective. So in review, I heard... Even though you were taken by surprise, you immediately observed his nonverbal behavior and you yes. matched it, not in an exact way, in a more uh, positive, open way. Yes, um, less criticizing, yes. Right, less, yes. I'm also guessing that you probably let him speak and avoided interrupting him. Is that true? Yes, I, I let him speak. I really wanted to know also how... Does he feel, what, what are his observations and if actually he made any observations about the situations we were in? So in a way, your mindset was literally in a place of curiosity, even though you had been taken by surprise. Yes. Well done. And then you used the, some of the techniques of nonviolent communication to reflect back what you heard. Exactly. Yeah, active listening mm. and uh, also the body language, really giving yeah. him that space uh, uh, that that helped tremendously, and actually, we both analyzed that conversation later on. Okay. And he told me, "Thank you for giving me the space because really? that I really needed." Yes. And isn't that a beautiful gift? And it's so uncomfortable. I know for me, if I'm in a delicate, difficult conversation with someone, I really want to push for resolution right away. And sometimes that's not the best thing. Wow. And I also think that we sometimes forget that people are willing and able and capable of change. We think that if they're resistant in this moment, 
that nothing's going to change. And yet in 12 hours, it sounds like that's all the time he needed to recalibrate. That's correct. Yes. And it was really surprising for me that next morning he came back and said, you're right. Wow. Adriana, I really want to thank you for the time you've taken to share those two success stories. They're just brilliant. And before I let you go, I have one last question for you. Yes, Amy. I'd like to know, what would be one tip you have for listeners to help them be able to step into partner? So my advice would be to start slowly, really implement those little steps, because it may be really overwhelming to to try to master everything at once. And from my experience, I'm a lazy student, I need to say. (laughs) (laughs) Really pick on those things that are most easy, according to me. (laughs) And I started with practicing the neutral position. Brilliant. Uh, and that helps a lot in, in many situations, like private, for instance, when we have those difficult uh, conversations. Yeah. And also in professional life, uh, presentations, for example, we're not very comfortable presenter. And yeah. since yeah, I, I learned that, it's just feeling so good. It, it's not feeling, yeah, awkward. So you're now at a place where you've integrated the skill and it's come to feel like it's naturally part of yourself. Yes. Well done. And I love what you said about baby steps, starting small and going for the, what I would call the easy, quick wins. Because I'm like you, yes. I need to feel that motivation and inspiration. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, Adriana, thank you again for your time today. I love how she got her weekend back and reduce the recovery time from three days to overnight. That was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And part was, of what I, I think worked was that she helped him to save face. Yeah, exactly. And when, when I, I, I think one of the other comments I made was that she stayed in the space of curiosity with him that really must have helped. Mm, right. A lesson for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's jump back into the questions. Another question from Rika. Mm, T, I think we're just about out of time. Oh, already? Wow. I know, I know. We had so much <laughs> more planned. So yes. we're just going to have to do another. I'm going to have to do another show. <laughs> All right. And T, for sure, the next episode, you've got to tell the neighbor story. Yes, I'd love to. Okay. Maybe we start with that because that's, mm-hmm. a, a, that's a good story. Oh, with pleasure. Okay. So um, for... Listeners, mm-hmm. let's give them a couple of call for actions. Great. Yeah. One I would say is to um, definitely pick up that book, Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. Okay. Highly recommend that one. Yeah. I've got one too. Yeah. What's that? The next time you're cruising around looking for a parking space, and you get nose to nose with the other car who see, it looks like he's going to run the next person over. You go into partner peace mode. Beautiful. Like the first half of the story. I think everybody could give that a go. Excellent. And please let us know. How, yes. How it works yeah, in out. fact, that's my other call for action. Listeners, send us mm-hmm. your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes via email or social media. And T and I will read them, we'll discuss them on future shows, maybe make suggestions, and maybe pass on some of your wisdom to other listeners. You can do that directly. Just send me an email, amy at 
carolcoaching.com. Two R's, two L's. So I, I guess the last thing is we, I'm going to be speaking with Misha Rubin. So mm-hmm. listeners for the next episode, next week, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up and be inspired when I'm going to be speaking with Misha, who's a career advisor and leadership expert. Mm-hmm. And if you want any more support tools or finding out more about the Predator Prey Partner model or how to be the best communicator you can be, check out my website for more information, carolcoaching.com or my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching. Mm -hmm. Lastly, if you're game for more listeners, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live about five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's call. T, thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, Amy. Cool. And thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.